In this episode of the Dark Theme Park Show, we give you the rundown on the Magic Kingdom's Villains After Hours events. Welcome to the Dark Theme Park Show, Creepy Kingdoms Podcast, all about the creepiness of theme parks. I'm your host, Mr. James H. Carter II, and in this very episode, we give you a complete rundown of the Magic Kingdoms After Hours event happening weekly this entire summer called Villains After Hours. So get ready for that. Before we get started, I would like to remind you that we have a brand new show on our YouTube channel. Well, the show isn't brand new, but we have brand new episodes of a show called Creepy Quest. It's our vlog. If you like listening to us talk, then you'll love watching us go do stuff and go on a quest for creepiness. You can find it at creepykingdom.com and on our YouTube channel where you should subscribe so you never miss a Creepy Quest episode. All right, all right, without any further ado, let's open the gates. Hey, I'm here with Sir Florida Man, Grant. Hey, Hey, everybody. And lurking in the shadows behind Grant, chiming in with opinions here and there, is Brittany. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> you sound like you're like you far away. Me. <laughs> we can hear you, but if you're going to say something, you should probably not lurk in the shadows and come to the <laughs> to the forefront. <laughs> okay. Or it's, maybe it's spookier. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, you guys are less than 24 hours from attending the Villains After Dark event at the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. Um, it was the second event they had. Um, and this is a hard ticket event, similar to the Halloween parties, that celebrates the villains. And there's a lot of activities and shows and exclusive snacks and foods and all that kind of stuff that took place during this event. So, But instead of me like reading the list of the things <laughs> I might as well just have you guys talk about you know what you did because I'm sure that you probably did everything or is there, was there some things you didn't get to well when, when you say a lot you're you're actually very wrong on that okay um there was very little to do like the list made it seem a lot longer hmm. than what there was So I I guess I'll preface this with this, is that your ticket for an adult is 139. That's pretty high. Now, that's very high. If you're an annual pass holder, I think it was like 30 bucks cheaper or something like that. It was like 20% off. Well, that's a little better, 30 bucks cheaper, but still. (laughs) It's, yeah, so um, you can get in starting at seven. So like, let's say you don't have a ticket. And you just said, you know what? We're going to go to Disney for the day. 
you still get in there with the regular crowd, but we didn't realize this until like pretty much like when we read the review for the first one that the event didn't actually start until 10 p.m. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's so, kind of, it's kind of similar to the Halloween party, right? I mean, or the, uh, kind of, but the Halloween party goes a little bit longer. Um, they the Halloween party they convert over at like around 8 p.m. And they start kicking people out of there around that time. Here, they don't start kicking people out until 10 p.m. Okay. So you're essentially paying $139 for uh, essentially 10 p.m. until 1.15 in the morning is when it's officially over. Um, oh, I thought but it was you have those three bonus hours. What? Sorry? Oh, sorry. I thought it went until 2 a.m. It ended at 1.15. <sighs> It ended at one fifteen. It's a very short event. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but you could go in at starting at seven, theoretically. You could go in starting at seven, and you could actually have fast passes booked. So if you were savvy enough with it, you could at least say, "Okay, well, cool. We'll do some normal rides, such as uh, Haunted Mansion, or you know, we did we had fast passes booked for Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and." Um, Oh, we met Mickey and Minnie in their 90th anniversary outfits. But that's just very part of the, spooky. I know this is part of the everyday activities that's going on in the park. Yeah, yeah, you're just doing everyday activities. You know, it's basically at that point we're just um, we were just doing our normal Disney thing. Um, you know, we had lot, we had dinner at like Casey's Corner, which, by the way, that has definitely. Uh, gone way downhill since the last time they have made the hot dogs a lot smaller they're no longer a foot long and the buns hmm. are no longer any good so uh wow do they still uh, have the same kind of like they need they need to change that uh, yet they're still charging 12 bucks a hot dog but it, uh well <laughs> that's ridiculous but do they still have the hot dogs like uh they have like a little bit of crazy toppings on it like i had one with like coleslaw on it or something once i think <laughs> yeah they saw how they saw the hot dog of the month and i had the jalapeno popper hot dog but when it's a hot dog that you can finish in four bites you're kind of like what the heck is this thing and there but, was no yeah. uh no chips or drink with that it was just twelve dollars uh you get the chips no drink but you know how much is a bag of sun chips or oh, sorry it's it's fries how much are the fries or the apple slices really like realistically you know wow so yeah, if you're getting a drink, you're looking at like seventeen bucks for a hot dog, fries, and drinks. Yeah, that's crazy because you think of Casey's Corner as like a quick bite, you know. You don't even think of it as like counter service, <laughs> you know. Like, so. And that's true, and that's that's actually one of the more difficult restaurants to try to maneuver because it's in such a weird spot because of the Emporium being right there. Um, it's a really weird trafficy area, and especially at night when. The fireworks are getting ready to go off and stuff. People start camping at those tables. Yeah. So. But anyways. Anyway, yeah. We're not reviewing Casey's Corner today. <laughs> no, we're not. So uh, so uh, at about 9, 9.30 last night or so, we actually met up with some fellow Foolish Mortals. Uh, um, foolish Morgans. The Foolish Morgans, yes. Um, I've actually met them before, and they hold the record, um, at least their personal record, for writing Haunted Mansion in one day is 52 times. Wow. 
So uh, they told me that they take advantage of the after hours events such as this to keep riding around and around and around and around. And they keep trying to break it, uh, break their record. And they said that they're um, that's equivalent to like eight and a half hours total like mansion experience from stretching room to egress of the ride. So um, we did go on mm. Haunted Mansion with them, of course. You guys were all and in the same then, buggy? Just no, kidding. no, no, no. <laughs> no um, yeah, um, that's, uh, if I wanted to hurt myself, maybe. Um, but we did not want the dune buggy to fall off of the track as it turns backwards into the graveyard. Gotcha. That would have been horrible. <laughs> that crow would have been, like, laughing at us. Um uh, anyway, um, so after we did that, we decided collectively to go to one of the two "quote unquote" villainous events, which which started at ten. Everything well, started at ten p.m. All right. So now, like at nine forty-five, we started walking to Space Mountain. Where they said "villain Space Mountain," like with a villain overlay. Okay. So we said, okay, well, let's get over there because, you know, by the time we finished Haunted Mansion, it was like 9.45 or so. And it's a little bit of a walk from Space Mountain to, um, or sorry, from uh, Haunted Mansion to Space Mountain. So by the time we got through the line, we were ready for it. And we did see plenty of people who did not have wristbands at that point. I noticed actually throughout the event that there were plenty of people who kind of skipped their way through. So... I know at the Halloween party, uh, yeah, I said originally around eight o'clock they start checking for wristbands, or when they have uh, after, uh, uh, extra magic hours at night. If you don't have a hotel ticket or or key or whatever, or now magic band, sorry, <laughs> um, that they won't let you on the rides. Uh, so you're saying that wasn't the case right. for this? Well, no, no, no. They were checking if you're on the rides, but if you're somebody who did not care about the two overlays and you just wanted to see the villain show that they had going on, it would have been very easy to slip into the crowd because they're not going into anything. They're just huddling into the masses. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you could do that any at any Halloween party, though, right? I mean, same kind of yeah. thing. The other point about this one is that the hard-ticket after-hour events that are not, you know, not so scary or not... Um, the Christmas one, these ones that are just like extra magic hours, but not extra magic hours. Uh, you just pay the extra money and you get the park pretty much to yourself for three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to according to the Morgans, um, there's very few people in the park for those events, but this one sold incredibly well uh, okay. because people got excited for the villains because they had the chance to dress up. We did not dress up because we had a very long day, and there just wasn't that opportunity to dress up. So, do you guys don't usually? What you guys ha- don't usually dress up, but at these. Well, events, we, do, we dress up or not? We we did dress up for uh, not so scary last year. Uh, okay, I don't remember that for some reason. <laughs> we uh, we dressed up as the Aristocats. Really Incredibly scary, I know. I really don't remember that at all. <laughs> okay. I'll have to but go back. When, uh, when the wife of Sir Florida Man demands <laughs> you dress like a cat, you do that. I guess so. To keep, to keep, uh, to keep you know, happy wife, happy life, they say. So sure. there you go. Yeah. So uh, we, went, we went straight over to Space Mountain. And 
we were wondering, okay, so what is this? Because last year for uh, Halloween Horror, not Halloween Horror Nights, not so scary, they turned the lights off for Space Mountain. So they said that this is a villain takeover. And it was the exact same thing with the lights off, except you hear Ursula screaming at you in the background. Now, I have a question about the lights off at Space Mountain. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's pretty dark in there to begin with. I mean, like, what, does mean, what lights are turned off? <laughs> uh, any space special effects. Um, you know, like, they take a photo of you, and it's very aggressive at that point. Because, like, when you start the ride, that's when they take that photo of you. Yeah. As you bend the corner after that first little dip before you go up the hill. And when it's pitch black and you're not going through all the space stuff, that is blinding. Um, the rough part is people who either decide that they think that they're being awesome by turning their flashlight on while riding it, or people on the Tomorrowland Transit Authority deciding to shine their flashlight on their phone in there, it ruins the total effect of the darkness. Or if the people move or- or if the people mover breaks down while you're doing the pitch black space mountain, the emergency lights turn on in the people mover. <laughs> Which is what happened to us. Oh, really? <laughs> so you can see the inside of Space Mountain. And if you ever get a chance to Google what Space Mountain actually looks like with the lights on, it is terrifying. I actually how saw that, thing that recently. Yes, yeah, somebody posted an evac photo this past week and I actually saw it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very tight space roller coaster right there. Um, but we noticed before the evac went on that people were playing with their phones and stuff. And it kind of ruins the effect of riding in darkness when you can see, like, screens. And people were trying to film their ride experience, which is absolutely ridiculous when it's in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a stupid thing, and you're, you're bringing up the screens, and you're basically ruining it for everybody so you hear people screaming. Um, I do get the whole they couldn't um, because we got off and we asked um, do you realize some lights kicked on and the ride attendant said I think it's the people mover anytime that comes to a stop and they're working on it there are emergency lights that come on I get that it actually kind of made it an eerie glow in Space Mountain so instead of doing it in the pitch black we did it in the eerie glow we're going to call that. So that works. <laughs> you get like Cruella and Ursula basically yelling at you in the dark, but you can't really understand what they're saying. Uh, the only part I clearly understood, Gaston screamed, kill the beast at one point. That's the only thing I could audibly pull words from. So it was hmm. just like they took catchphrases and that it was the same thing. It wasn't hmm. anything like special. It was just like, you probably they probably took like a three minute sound clip and had uh, like they had kind of music going and they decided to throw villain audio over that, but it didn't really. Ma- there was no coherent plot. Not that I was expecting much, but there wasn't. It, it there was nothing about that that said, "Well, why are the villains taking this over?" It's just more like a kill the beast or you know Ursula screaming. Yeah, you know? so that was very strange. So it seems not to make too much sense. It just seems kind of random when they, with, with, with very little effort, probably could have put something together in audio form <laughs> to make a little bit more sense. Yeah, and that, that's going to be the running theme, unfortunately, of this event was 
just a little bit more effort would have gone a long way. So um, when we finished this, uh, the Morgans decided that they wanted to, of course, go back on Haunted Mansion. Oh, my God. Oh, oh they went with you. To, I didn't realize that. How, you took them away from Haunted Mansion? How could you? <laughs> well, no, yeah, I know. We're terrible. But they said that they didn't want to experience these things just to see what they were like. But they were like, we're going to go on Haunted Mansion a few times in between each thing that's different. Uh, okay. So we said, okay, well, we're over here. We're going to do this stuff. So we, we had some spooky treats which were for seven fifty for a drink that smoked. It was over like the drink was three sips. It was very three tiny. Sips. All wow. three sips. It was tiny. It was. Um, I couldn't even drink it because every time I tried, the smoke went down my throat instead, and I coughed and couldn't drink. So Grant got that was the Isma. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, the villain from... Um, it was Yzma. I don't Yzma, know yeah, Yzma from the Emperor's New Groove. It was her potion. Oh, okay. And uh, it was just like Strawberry Fanta with, uh, that smoked. Oh, well, that's kind of like um, Flaming Mo. Uh, yeah. It's uh, just orange soda with dry ice. Yeah, more, more intense smoking than a Flaming Mo, but you're on the right track. Yeah, it was the same kind of cup with a little like the spot for the cube in the bottom that as soon as they threw the drink on it, it started bubbling. Yeah. So, um, they also, the, if you want to call it free throughout the night, if you go to random stands, you can get free popcorn, free Mickey bars, free ice cream and free soda. Wow. Well, they actually gave up some treats there, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, if you're looking at $139 a person, you know, it's real. That's not necessarily free, and we didn't really have any Mickey bars because all the snacks that they had that we found were all incredibly sweet. So, even though we said, "Oh, we can get a free Mickey bar," by the end of it, we were just like, "We can't do any more sugar. We will go into a diabetic coma." Well, you tried a lot of of the stuff, so I don't, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah. So we. So then the next step that we did was we kind of moved over to the middle of the park, like in front of the castle. And that's where the big highlight happened, which was Maleficent does the parade route by herself surrounded by, um, I don't know what they are supposed to be like crows, like crow guards. I'm not sure what the outfit is supposed to be. Um, but they blast music while it's going on kind of foreboding techno music. And they light Maleficent up, and she breathes fire, and she kind of circles around, and it's a very cool effect. So this is the um, just for clear everyone. This is by saying Maleficent. This is the the dragon flame, the flame throwing dragon from the festival yeah, yeah. fantasy parade. That's usually only during the day. So they they took out all the other non creepy parts of the parade, <laughs> and just had Maleficent at night, which um, uh, saw the video. That you posted, and of course we shared it on Creepy Kingdom social media, and that effect, that float, and that effect—I don't know if you really call it call it a float, whatever you want to call it, whatever that thing belongs at night, way about way more than daytime, <laughs> you know, like it, it absolutely does. Um, I remember because Maleficent is also very similar in Disneyland Paris. It might be an identical float, 
because we were at Disneyland Paris in the winter when it gets dark at four o'clock, when she did the parade route at 5.30, it was dusk with very little light left and it gave off a really cool glow. And I remember thinking then, why don't they send her around at night? She looks so much more dramatic. So Disney caught up to my brain, apparently, two yeah. years later. <laughs> they read your mind. They, uh, I, Of course, they have mind-reading technology yes. to, to get the most it's, it's in the magic out. band. Yeah. Yeah, the magic <laughs> band. Um, so she goes around three or four times throughout these few hours. So it's fine. Like, you don't have to schedule to see her because if you're going around where everything is, you're going to bump into her. At some okay. point, like it's just like, yeah, because she's running, you know, basically around the castle hub back to where Splash Mountain is. Like she's doing that loop. So if you're going around like Frontierland and all, you're going to see her. Well, that's cool. So, so and um, well, how was the crowds there? Actually, I, went, I was wondering <laughs> the crowd. I was not bad. There were th- how many people would you say? 15, 20,000 maybe? I don't even think that many. But it was it was more crowded for the than what you would like there weren't enough things to do for what the crowds were. Okay. So the only time you realized there was a crowd there was during the villains castle show. Which yeah, we're going to get into right now because that's what happened next. Uh, there is a DJ that's dressed like Hades. He's got like a Hades um, hairpiece on <laughs> and he's dropping the sweetest beats from Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande. Oh boy. They're <laughs> doing a dance party. I got to hear Backstreet Boys at the Magic Kingdom. That was and, interesting. Yeah. Like, and I'm thinking, why are you guys playing this when there are enough villain songs? And Lord knows there are enough villain remix techno songs that i've heard at other events that why not why aren't you dropping these yeah it's it's kind of weird whenever they have these kind of parties at the at the parks and they start playing uh quote-unquote contemporary music uh, but i don't really see how that fits the villains party at all <laughs> so i don't know were, were people like dancing to this music or <laughs> uh, yeah yeah they are people like this and what i noticed is a lot of these people from what I've gathered, they tend to know the steps really well. Like they're almost former cast members or current cast members that are just going just to have fun. Oh, well, do cast members have to pay to go to these things? Don't they? <laughs> these hard ticket events. I think they probably get a discount, but just some of these things. Sometimes when we go, like in general, we've noticed that people start getting up in the dance parties and they know every step. Like they used to do this and they're hanging out with people. Okay. Um, Weird. Because there's no way, there's no way that everybody knows every single move to the cha-cha slide. Well, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, James, I have seen you Charlie Brown before. Yeah. So that's off the record. That's <laughs> off. Okay, yeah, that's gonna get edited out. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put up, put a little note right here. Um, so uh, eventually, as soon as uh, and this show happens, what three times a night, and the castle looks cool. It's projection map the whole time, and it looks, um, I don't know, kind of like it's been the, the castle almost looks like destroyed. 
in a and, weird way. Yeah, uh, well, and I, I would say I, I, I'll preface this. I don't think I mentioned it during the recording. I have seen videos of the event and the show, um, and I thought the show was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty much on par with um, the uh, Hocus Pocus show that's at Not So Scary. Um, it's pretty similar in the. What? In, <laughs> with no dancing or singing, though. What'd you say? With what? No dancing or singing. No, though. yeah, I mean, independent of the DJ. No dancing or singing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just meant that. Uh, uh, I thought yeah, the the show itself was was pretty entertaining um, and fun, and uh, I like. But I think the the projections during this show are actually cooler than the Hocus Pocus show. Uh, so, what did you guys think of the show overall? Actually, being there. Uh, I agreed, but I thought that it was kind of a neat idea. Although the thing is, is that the show just kind of didn't really finish. It it ends with all the villains realizing that they have to work together to make this night theirs. Well, that's but, lame. <laughs> hey, they learned they learned cooperation is the key for villains' victory. <laughs> it's, but it's like one to grow on. <laughs> and I, I think that the fact that they have like fire dancing and like sword twirling and stuff in there kind of help make it a little more interesting. Uh, Hades hosts the show and basically he brings out random villains and ultimately it's five villains. And I think my big problem that I had with the whole event overall is that it was called villains after dark and the focus was only on five villains. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'd like to point out that there were no meet and greets anywhere. Oh yeah. yeah, that's something we knew ahead of time to bring up. That's what's majorly different from the Halloween party is there's no meet and greets. Uh, did, did you guys ask any cast members why that was, or if you get any any info on that? No, and the, the weird thing for me with that is for 139 bucks plus 25 dollars for parking, plus all this money for all these extra snacks. How hard would it have been to, you know, pay for 10 or 15 random villains that could do photo ops or be wandering, stuff like that, especially with the thousands and thousands of people that were in that place? I feel like it would have made the event a lot more um, conducive. Plus, it would allow people to go, oh, crap, I didn't get to meet this person, this person, and this person. I guess I should probably pay for another night just so we can get these other random characters because over here in Florida there is a very very big community that character hunts and yeah I mean, it's a, that's that's definitely <laughs> uh, in Disneyland as well I would say <laughs> we have done events where we have waited three hours to meet characters and that is insane if you like I mean I don't know Six or seven years ago, if I had said those words, I would have like looked at myself like I was insane. And then this is like the norm. (laughs) We did the villains. We did the villains unleashed event where we waited three hours to meet one villain, and that's basically how the event ran. Which is why I think there were no characters out this time, because when they've done that in the past, it's been a fiasco. Um, It said on our tickets specifically, there will be no character meets. Like that was printed on the PDF file tickets that we had to present. So there was no question you were not meeting villains. Um, 
but it didn't seem much like a villain takeover with only five villains. You know, like when when you mm. cure villain takeover, you expect them to bust out everybody. And I will say at the very at the very end of the night, like on the train station to kind of escort everybody out. They did have a few random villains basically saying goodbye and like making fun of you as we're leaving, like Gaston and Lady Tremaine and uh, like the bowler hat guy from Meet the Robinsons. He didn't talk. He just waved. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I saw some of that. Wasn't the big bad wolf up there? Yeah. Um, he was there. And so was Captain Hook. Captain Hook came out. Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters, Cruella. Guest on the Queen of Hearts, and that was rotated probably half out at a time. And that was the most that we actually saw as far as villains go, because there were not like the show has five, and if the only place that the villains really are at is in that show, and on the way out. Wow! That's that's that is it. So the show itself was good. Um, it, it's about 15, 20 minutes. Um, it's high energy. It's entertaining. Um, you can tell that the same people probably watched the show a few times. As there wasn't really much else to do there. We saw it twice. Yep, we watched twice because there was nothing else to do. Unless you wanted to ride like Dumbo and walk right on him. Um, were, were all the rides operating? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any. Um, no. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor and the Carousel of Progress both appeared to be closed. Which is interesting. This side note with Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, I discovered at work the other day. As I was waiting tables, I was thinking about different attractions that we haven't done very often. And I thought about Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, and I realized that the initials for that are MILF. <laughs> yes, they are. Well, that's, that's it's like aliens putting saucers as ass. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go to MILF right now. Um, so, anyway, after the show, we said, okay, well, let's go and do this other attraction that they are doing something to, which is Pirates of the Caribbean. So this had live actors throughout the attraction, which I believe they had this uh, d- this past uh, year at uh, Not So Scary. Is yeah, that... Not So Scary, they had, I'm going to say, three live actors, two in the queue, and one in the ride. And this one had three live actors, two in the queue, one in the ride. It was the exact same setup. It was, it, as they're going through the line, they actually had one guy kind of hiding, and he jumped out. They had a lady um, on the way as you're getting onto the boat basically telling you, hey, be on the lookout for Jack Sparrow. And then at the last bridge, they have a live actor who is talking to the boat, but yet you can barely hear what he has to say. And that's it. There's really nothing going on there. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I've seen the video footage of the actor in, in the ride on the bridge. And and you're saying he's talking, but you can't hear him. Um, keep in mind he's at right before you go into the scene that has a lot of fire crackling noise, and there's music on the ride, and he's talking with a microphone. Oh, he's talking so with a microphone, and got you still two can't hear him. 
Oh, You've wow. got two competing sounds, one behind you, one in front of you. And he's in the middle talking, and he's got, like, a stage mic on him. If they would lower the music or lower the cackling fire sounds, you would probably hear him better. But he's just in between two sounds merging, and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Wow. So you have no idea what he was saying then, I guess. <laughs> no, I didn't understand. I remember Halloween, there was something about Barbosa. This time I didn't understand. It was like, uh, don't make me get down on the boat and, and take, your, take your booty or something like that. Something along those lines, like he was going to rob us. He said pirate things, we assume. <laughs> good, good guess. So that that's that event. And the, of course, as we all know, the Florida version of Pirates is just not very good. So it's a quick ride. It's a very it's a very brisk six minute. Mm-hmm. And it was a walk on. Yeah, we walked directly on it and we um, we we did do space on it a second time later on in the evening. So we could like do the um, full experience in the dark once they figured out you got to fix the people mover. Mm-hmm. And that was almost a walk on and uh, less than 10 minutes. Uh, and we had a few more snacks, which were basically like brownies that had white and black spots on them. So they would be Dalmatian, like Cruella's oh. brownies. Um, I had a few complaints about the snacks. Um, one of the ones, um, it was in Liberty Square, right by Hall of Presidents. I think it was the Brookie, the brownie cookie thing. The event started at 10. It ended at 1. We got to that stand at 11.30, and they were long sold out. Hmm. So they were out. I was like, wow, we hit that. Because I just looked at my phone and said, we've hit the halfway point of the official event, counting the just the extra magic hours. And they were already sold out of some of the snacks. Well, what time was um, this? 11.30. So only an hour and a half into it. And it's, it's kind of weird because you kind of think about this going, well, I get that they don't want to make too much of it because they don't want to they don't want to have all this extra because they can't store it for two weeks. But you also need to make enough that you're not running out of this. And I'll, I want to point out that all these snacks are like seven or eight bucks. So it seems a, if you a want all these, huh? <laughs> if you want all these villain things, like we had a. Dr. Facilier Virgin Hurricane drink. And that was six bucks. And that was another, you know, five sip drink. And he had a tarot card chocolate marshmallow dessert that was incredibly sweet to the point where Brittany, who loves sweet chocolate stuff, was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Take this away. Uh, um, It was all sugary. That and that. Apparently, somewhere there were Hades nachos, but they looked—they didn't look very good. It was just like buffalo chicken and nacho cheese on chips, and it's like that canned nacho cheese stuff. The bro- the um, pamphlet they gave us with the park map that showed you where you could buy the merchandise, um, which rides were, you know, special, and Maleficent's route had. Five or six of the snacks listed on it with their location. 
So those were the ones we focused on because I knew right where they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Four minutes to the end of the event, I remembered they had a Maleficent ice cream cone that I had wanted. It wasn't advertised on the map, so I totally forgot about it. And I had to get on my phone and look up a review of the event to find where it was. And at that wow. point, I told Grant, I was like, that is all the way back by Dumbo. Don't even bother. We were up at the castle for the last show. I was like, please don't waste your time running all the way back there in four minutes. So, yeah, and that's the thing is that the, the map that they gave us was not very comprehensive. And that was, what, as far as food went, I will say that the map was very high quality. It was like super nice printed card stock. And uh, we did get an extra one. So um, when I see you, I will give you one for sure. Hear that, everybody? I get a map, and I'd have to pay $139. <laughs> yeah, but I picked, I picked one up <laughs> for you. you. So um, that, that'll just live in my wife's car until we see you. <laughs> so um, after, after we did Pirates and we had those snacks, we said, we've done everything that there is to do at this, and it's 1130. Wow. Really? Yeah. Aside from the snacks, we could we couldn't find. Um, there was a noodle dish. I have no idea where that was located. That was over near the Isma stand, but you did it had no interest in it because right. it wasn't. It didn't look very good. Yeah, it wasn't on the map. Um, we couldn't find the nachos, but I'd seen a photo, and that was not going to be a thing. And then the Maleficent ice cream cone, which when I looked at the online review, it said go to Storybook Treats, which is quite possibly the least villainous corner of the park. I did notice when we walked past it, but it wasn't advertised. The music on the tea tea party, uh, Matt Hatter's tea party was the soundtrack they did for not so scary and not the normal music. Interesting. That wasn't being, advertised or mentioned i just heard it when we were walking past and said oh that's different they did the the different soundtrack today now i will say that they did put projections up on things of like silhouettes of different villains like that was kind of like you would walk by and you'd see scars silhouette projected on the side of a building but Hmm. We, we actually went online train because we said, oh, 20-minute wait, and it was actually almost a walk-on. Mm-hmm. And we just said, okay, well, what are we going to do with this next hour and a half? And wow, that's, like, that's it, crazy. <laughs> it's, really, it's really weird. And that's the thing. It's like there we just saw, like, ride attendants standing at Winnie the Pooh. Like, just like, anybody want to get on? No, but- we didn't really go up. Wow. We, we decided to do space on the second time. And then we wanted to see the show a second time because we were trying to do the things that we couldn't normally do. Right. But this event almost seemed like it made more sense. If you didn't care about any of this villain stuff and you just said, you know what? I'm going to pay this as my park ticket and go into the park being relatively empty and just power ride a bunch of rides. That seems worth it to me. I mean, as a, as a, uh, as an out of towner, I guess, <laughs> right. If you, right. If you could have, I think our wait for mine train was 12 minutes. Wow. So you could have looped mine train a few times. You were, could have walked on haunted mansion. 
Uh, we know we know that uh, the Morgans walked on it multiple times. Right. <laughs> um, Small World was empty. Peter Pan looked like probably a five to ten minute. Wasn't quite a walk on, but you weren't doing the whole queue. They, it they, was just a couple. The, of the sign, the sign for Peter Pan said five minute wait. Right. So wow, that, I mean, so that's like, nuts, though. <laughs> what what this event is? Go- I was telling Brittany last night what this event would be really good for would be, um, if you were trying to do that challenge of doing every attraction in the world, like in at Disney World in one day. This is how you would do it. Yeah, you do the uh, three other three parks up until. 7 p.m. I guess, <laughs> and then yep, and then you go over there, and then you have things that are closed early, like Carousel Progress and Monsters Inc. and stuff, and then you just say we're hitting it hard. So that was that was pretty much it. Like the villains wave goodbye to you, and Maleficent like does a final go round, and that was the event. And they did light the buildings kind of neat on Main Street. I put some pictures up of like kind of like purple and green Maleficent colors, but it really didn't feel like a villain takeover. They took, they sufficiently mm. took over the castle, somewhat invaded space mountain and sent some friends on pirates because they weren't really villains on pirates. Yeah, that's that's a, kind yeah, of the yeah, gray area. Yeah. They're not villains. And they're also there for another event. Right. So. <laughs> well, my big idea that I had and I was like, how come this is not a thing for this event? Because this would be not expensive and it would be really easy to do. And when this happens in two years, we thought of it first. We're claiming this All and right. we claim our free ticket and I'm claiming one for you too, James. Thank you. All right, let's hear, let's hear what you Why did they not have random villains as Jungle Cruise skippers? Picture you get in a boat with Cruella Deville. Wow! You go by like the alligators, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to turn you into a pair of shoes." And you could have like, you know, like Gaston, and he could see, you know, the tiger and say, "Oh, I used to, you know, I used to wrestle those as a child." You know, like you could do so much with that, and based on what villain you had, you would get a different experience, and you wouldn't even need to change the script that much. Mm-hmm. But it would be a super easy thing for them to do. You could just keep changing your, you know, boat drivers out to any villains. You could have each stepsister take a boat and, like, them flirt with Trader Sam or something. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, it sounds like a really fun idea. Hunters. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I think I, I know I come up with a lot of really stupid ideas. <laughs> Ah, man, no. that's my way to get a reaction out of you. But this, I think, was like, why is this not a thing? This would have been such a great, you know, people eater that you would say, okay, I want to keep doing this and see who I get this time. And it would have fit. It would have allowed the villains to be more of a presence in the park without being like characters to me. Yeah, but I was just thinking people would still try to get their photos on when they're getting off the boats, probably. <laughs> you, yeah. you, they would need to have a handler on there. But um, the the weird thing with this whole thing was, like, it wasn't a bad event. It was just a incomplete event. It, there, for being a three-hour event, it only had about an hour and a half worth of, of regular activities to do. 
And a lot of that was just Canada's waiting. And I really think that if they, if they're going to charge $139, that they, A, need to make it a little bit longer because, you know, for three hours, that's a lot of money right there. But you're also saying that there wasn't enough to do, though, right? (laughs) But I'm saying is that they need to make it longer and they need to add more to it. I mean, I just don't legit. I legitimately don't get why they didn't have more characters to me or like put in the Tomorrowland dance party, like have a villain dance party thing where you could dance with the big bad wolf or whatever. You know, just like events like that, that. They had the Tomorrowland stage set up. It had a a projection that said Villains After Dark. You could have put the DJ over there and, you know, Bowler Hat Guy. We have Toy Story 4 coming out in, what, a week? Put Lotso Lotso out. Lotso would have been great. Do a little more focus on Zerg. You know, feature some more Toy Story to tie in. That's going to be a big movie this summer. This event is running through the summer. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah it, what you're saying all makes sense. <laughs> it also <laughs> involves planning, which I don't really feel like what you're describing, that the, this was planned too far ahead. I feel like this was kind of no. last minute. <laughs> I feel basically what this was, was somebody said, hey, how can we get more people to do these hard ticket after hour events? Because there are always hard ticket after hour events going on. You just don't hear about the ones that are not called not so scary or um, are very merry because you know they're they're always happening. They're okay. at, at one park or another. There's either an early morning event like for a while Hollywood Studios was doing a pay a hundred dollars you get an hour and a half early you get Toy Story Land and you get breakfast thing. Right. I mean that those are things that. Disney has always done and people do do them. But this one actually, because of the villains got a crowd. And unfortunately everybody that I kind of heard talking said, well, that was okay. It was a very okay event. And it, it really didn't feel like a villain thing. It almost felt like a, we need to get some people. Let's think of a theme and think of a way to kind of do this on the quick Hey, we can make some. Uh, we can turn off the lights on the space mountain. We can go and hire an actor to hang out on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and we can come up with a stage show and do the same desserts we always do, but just add a spooky name to them. Hmm. So, is any any of these after hours events like this that are not not so scary, mm-hmm. like anything that's just like a stay in the park for a few hours longer? All have the same free popcorn, free ice cream, free really? soda. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have names yeah, for so these that's... things. It's just kind of like paid extra time in the parks, <laughs> I guess. But they don't... It's also that would be a good thing for for somebody like you who, if you are the type, like for example, you who do not live here, if you only have limited time, you could say, well, I'll buck up and pay that hundred and thirty nine dollars. But I'll go and get those few hours pretty much to myself in the park. You know, it's it's might be worth it. Oh, it's definitely. Yeah, I usually, unfortunately, don't get to spend very much time when I go on my trips to Orlando, just a few days at a time. And yeah, I mean, I mean, how much is a one day ticket at this point? It varies. 
But I guess 110 is a good estimate, give or take a few dollars in either direction. Wow. And parking is 25. So, you know, like if you're not saying, heck, even if you're staying on property, you're paying so many other fees. Yeah, you're so paying something else. I was going to say, do you do pay to park at the resorts? There, I don't think oh, it's yeah, $25 because yeah, you do yeah. pay for that. That's a new one, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you got to pay for parking no matter what, uh, what you're doing. Um, I'm just surprised that it's only 110 maxed out because uh, Disneyland peak pricing More. is one, 149 right now. <laughs> so, no, no, there are, there are higher. We're just giving you a, like an estimate as uh, what the average would be. But, I, but I'm saying um, their highest is probably 149 too, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably for peak, yeah, for like Christmas week. I have a friend who bought a Florida resident one day pass earlier today and messaged me. I will tell you what he paid. He bought it today for, like I said, one day, one park for Magic Kingdom. And this is Florida resident, though? Uh, yeah, this is a Florida resident. Anticipation is killing 130. Well, there you go. 130. Well, that was kind of what I mean, that's Florida resident. So. So without mm-hmm. a Florida resident, you'd be paying essentially about the same about the same cost as this event, is what, which was what I was getting at. <laughs> yes, and you get that you do get that three hours before everything starts, or you are with the masses. So you know, like you can say, like, "Hey, I'm going to knock out Splash and Thunder Mountain." Right. You, you can say, "I'm going to." We we figured that's a good time to knock out the west side of the park, you know, and just Jungle Cruise, all that stuff. Right, you can ride the fast passes for seven, eight, and nine o'clock. They don't do fast passes during the extra magic hours for any of the events. <laughs> but you could pick your seven, eight, and nine o'clock for three things that you know you really want to do that tend to have a longer wait. Have them done, or we did Thunder Mountain and we timed it correctly, so we were on Thunder Mountain during the fireworks show at the castle. So you're on the ride with the fireworks. I've done that so once with Splash can, Mountain. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So you can kind of play around with your fast passes to try to do something unique like that. We also wound up by chance on Mine Train while they were doing the fireworks for one of the villain shows. So you got that perspective. So you can kind of play around when you do these types oh, of things. You know, did they have a, a, a fireworks show there? We didn't, didn't talk about that. That was well. No, it's events? part. It's part of the villain show. They. It's not much. It's uh, just just part of the of the show with Hades. You mean? Oh, okay. It wasn't a. Yeah, it wasn't no, a fireworks show. Nothing giant that launches into the sky, but they are still fireworks. It's not like you get the giant ones that go boom. It's more like the little around sparkly the ones that go around the castle. But gotcha. when you're on Mine Train, it's a really cool view because they're. At that level, they're not the super high up ones you get with Happily Ever After, but there's still fireworks going off. I think Jafar gets mad at Hades and shoots a red firework at him at one point. So there's things like that. Gotcha. So, but you know, like uh, there's events. There's was, 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 real quick to say, there's seems to be like so much more at Not So Scary than was at this event. <laughs> Absolutely, and Not So Scary was cheaper. We did Not So Scary last year. Yeah, not so scary. Also, though, it gets a lot more crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can meet characters. There's things to do. Not so scary. Also, goes a lot longer. Um, I think not so scary is also a five or six hour event. They close the park at eight at, or seven. At seven, 
you can be in the park for Not So Scary at four. So you still have that three hours where the park is open and hypothetically three fast passes. But like the characters switch out, like the seven dwarves, Stitch goes into his Elvis attire. Um, there are few all that stuff, yeah. Right. And stuff that come out start at about quarter to seven, but they check your wristband when they start running the lines. Yeah, I think that, that actually goes to like two almost. Well, no, that's a one o'clock as well. But you get more of that, you get those extra few hours there. And so it's less money. What this, what this really was, was honestly the same event that they do in February and March a few times a month where you pay the extra money. This one just happened to have a theme to it. Right. This And that, that actually caused a giant crowd and a social media push. Because my coworkers, who don't know much about Disney, all heard about this online and knew that this happened. Versus, oh, any time that they had this kind of event beforehand. So basically, the gist of what I'm getting here is that if you just want to have access to the park with no with no crowds, this is a great value. Um, but yeah. if you are expecting a villain's experience on par with Not So Scary, it is not a value at all. You'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> you're exactly. You're going to find those few hours to be, yeah, kind of a waste. Um, I think Grant actually said something jokingly to a cast member, and I think it is a perfect description. He said, I have a feeling this event is a test to see if it's too early to run Not So Scary in June. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what I thought. I mean, clearly this was like, hey, we want to... We want not so want that not so scary money, but is it will people accept Halloween parties in June and July? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still maintaining uh, that bet that I made with you on the last podcast on how there's going to be a fifth gate. I'm still maintaining that uh, when there is a fifth gate, what is it our will deadline? Be a I, I, I don't remember. What, what was our exact bet? I don't even remember. By the fiftieth anniversary of. Walt Disney World that they will have announced a fifth gate, and that gate and will be villains themed. God, that's well, our no, bet. no, not that the gate will be villains <laughs> okay. themed. It's just that one will be announced. You're convinced that no, none of the parks are actually complete yet, but they'll never be complete. Well, yeah. um, well, and we are, we are, <laughs> we are betting currently for whatever the spookiest character dining is right now. It's the Snow White one. But that could change because that's you know two years away. Yeah, who knows what it could be, <laughs> uh, or or I mean, it, it could even be dinner in the West Wing. I've never had dinner at Be Our Guest. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's fair. If there's something that exists like that, yeah, I look, I agree because you're going to be the one who's paying for it. So oh, whatever you want to do, yeah, right? Whatever, dude. <laughs> They're not announcing a fifth gate in the twentieth. There's no way. <laughs> Upstairs, can't buy it. I have till ten one twenty one, and I'm pretty sure we'll be there. Happy anniversary to us! Oh wow, that's your, that's your guys' anniversary too. Yeah, our anniversary is October second, and that'll be our five year anniversary. So we're gonna stay at a nice hotel for that one. Because you're gonna have to if you want to get in the park. Unlike the hotel we stayed at last night. 
Where uh, you, you, you do not want to say the name of it? I was going to ask you where, but <laughs> oh no, I will totally put this place on blast if you want to, and if you want to edit it, you. No, I don't care. You totally can't. <laughs> Brittany has left the left the room, but I'm sure she'll be back in a moment to chime in with this. So let me let me point this out that for these trips, because we live three hours away from Disney, we decide we usually stay at a quote unquote Roach Motel, but they're usually not that bad. Uh, we're you pay like 40 bucks for the night and it's a place to basically fall asleep, especially when it's, you get there at 2 AM and you know that you're going to be up early. All right, you, let me just interrupt one thing. We got to the hotel at 2:25. He woke me up at 6:20 to go to islands of adventure. That's how long we were in the hotel. Four hours, <laughs> four hours. So it, it, it um, was that it was a bad four hours. <laughs> Uh, so this is where we were at was a place called the red carpet in Kissimmee. And as we were driving there, Brittany noticed, Oh, you have to check in before 10 PM. So instead of going to Disney, this is over by medieval times, which is um, about four miles up one ninety two, which is for those who aren't really familiar with Kissimmee and Orlando, uh, like Disney world, you know, that four miles, that, that's a drive. And they they take a $10 cash hold for the key, and they give you the TV remote. And that TV wow. remote is is your thing to, like, watch. You, we're like, you have okay, to put well, a deposit down for the TV remote. <laughs> and I said, I don't want the TV remote. And they said, you have to have the TV remote. So... <laughs> You have to so, have <laughs> so, um, so we checked in and then we had to drive back to Disney. So this whole process is like 40 minutes of our life. We didn't even go into the room because we were like, we need to get, we want to get back over to Disney after this drive. Um, especially knowing that we're only going to be there for a little while. Um, and of course, by the time you are done with Disney late at night, you think, okay, I'm just going to go to the car. And then you realize it's not – going to the Magic Kingdom is not as simple as going to the car. No, it's an ordeal. You, it's, an, it's an ordeal. The monorails aren't working. You have to wait for that boat to get there, and then you ride the boat. And I, this is a man-made lake. Like, this did not exist. Yeah, it was completely, and, completely unnecessary. <laughs> it was probably, like, the prettiest idea, like, when they were designing it, like, Oh, it's going to be so secluded and it's going to be so magical. But man, when you are done of a like a long day, you do not want to have to deal with thirty minutes to get back to your car. You know, you just want to get to your car and gone. Yeah, in fairness, it's actually probably the same amount of trekking in Disneyland when you're at the end of the night when you're waiting for the the, the tram. <laughs> The you know the, the parking lot trams, <laughs> so yeah. It's... Yeah, but you see, you take the boat to get to the tram. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but I'm just saying the the wait for the tram at Disneyland at the end of the night is massive, <laughs> and it probably could take over half an hour sometimes. Um, but what the tram when you get to the tram and Walt Disney World, you pretty much just walk right on, right? And there's no real wait for it, is there? Um. <laughs> uh... <sighs> Not at this time of night, but there are sometimes times for it. Now, we are—I um, don't want to necessarily use the phrase "lucky" because that—that—that that, that tends to be a little—I I don't know really how to describe it. But because 
Brittany has had a bunch of surgeries on her foot. We have the handicap placard, so we get to park up front. Right. So it's not like really a fortunate thing for her that she <laughs> has to have this, but it, but she earned it. So it's kind of like uh, in order because I have to push her around in a wheelchair everywhere for this kind of stuff. Uh, so anyway, we we head back to this hotel at night, and this is our first time seeing the room, and. Um, immediately I see a cockroach moving by. I, I didn't oh tell Brittany God. that it's a little one, but it, it's a little one and it's by the door and it's floored and it's whatever. You just go, I'm just going to deal with this. And the room smells <laughs> musty. And then you get to the bathroom and there are holes in the wall. And How big are the, the holes? floor is slick <laughs> and the, the molding around the toilet. I took a photo and I'll send that to you later. I'll, uh, I'll take uh, your word for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is falling off and you see black mold everywhere around, everywhere around um, the bathroom. Like this is not a safe bathroom. And like, it's bright. The whole, the whole parking lot is lit up. And yes, it was $40 with the $10 and plus another $10 thing to hold the room out. And we're like, okay, we're just going to deal with this. We're going to take this very quick shower get and get right to bed. And I didn't even tell Brittany what time we were waking up because we wanted to get on Hagrid's motorbike adventure, which opened up yesterday. I'm going to throw one thing in. They mopped the bathroom tile, and I could tell because they didn't dry or let the bathroom tile dry. So it's kind of like a skating rink, which is really unsafe mm -hmm. for me. To walk on, so I skated around the bathroom and almost ate the top. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, um, we wake up. Oh, well, hold on. Are, are, we, like, are we totally done with the Phillips event before you talk about your, your morning uh, adventures? <laughs> oh, no, no. This is part of the hotel, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so, like, I, here's the thing is I am a huge advocate for these little hotels um, off of 192. I have a list of like four or five that we have had problems with. This one definitely went on there. I wrote that the place should be condemned. Um, was this the worst place that so, you've gone to out of those? This is the worst. Oh, well, that the, there was one other one near Universal Orlando where uh, there was um, urine on the bed sheets. What was it? Was it stained or was it actually sweat? It was a bright yellow <laughs> stain on the bed sheet, and I said, "This is not happening." <laughs> and they, and I was like, okay, um, okay, Metropolitan Hotel Orlando, I'm done with you. Um, um, but you know, for the most part, for these kind of trips, because we live, you know, a few hours away, we don't want, we don't need the the frills experience because we're we're not there to use the pool. We're there to sleep and and keep on trucking. And especially some of these are actually pretty nice for the for the forty dollar price. Um, and they're especially good for people who are maybe trying to go to Disney and they can afford the ticket barely, um, but they don't have the money to spend, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars to stay on property for the week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm a big advocate for these ones that you pay 200 bucks for. I'd like to point out that this is ten dollars in cash that we had to deposit. And it's per night, I found out. So if you're there for seven nights, you owe them $70 cash. That and is they give so that back crappy. Are you kidding? Are you and, you know, for me, 
I'm not a cash carrier. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I got to make this clear. So you check in and they want 10 bucks from you. Then when you check out, isn't that supposed to be deposit money? Shouldn't they be giving it back to you? Why would you pay they them? Do when give you're it back. They, they what, give it back to you. You hand them $70 and they hand it back to you when you check out? <laughs> like, yes, but they still, they still <laughs> scan your credit card. In case I decided to like destroy the motel room more than it was already destroyed, like this oh place, God. this was like I don't even know like how they like felt comfortable putting us in there, and so we wake up at six twenty, and we say, okay, we're gonna go and we're gonna go and brave the crowd. And keep in mind that yesterday was the opening day for Hagrid's motorbike adventure, and that the line was ten hours. Wow. And we said, okay, well, Brittany has an appointment, a doctor appointment, uh, two hours away from here at 1.45. So we, I made a rule saying, okay, I'm going to try our best to try to get on this thing. And if we, as long as we can get on this thing by 11 a.m., we're golden. You know, like we can, we can do this. We can hurry back to the front of the park and drive on over. So we wake up at 6.20 after not even four hours of sleep. That's right. And <laughs> I, I go to I, I have my TV remote in hand and my card. The front office doesn't even open until eight AM. Oh my God, no way. Now I would like to point out, and this is something that Brittany noticed, that let's say you have your family or whatever and you're there for a while. Let's say you as James you know, you're like, I just want to go to Orlando. This was the place that was in my budget. I paid seventy dollars for my for my week cash. My flight leaves at ten thirty from Ontario Airport. Or Orlando. Or sorry, not Ontario. Orlando. I used to live mm-hmm. in Southern California. Sorry, from um, Orlando Airport. You are not going to get your money back. Yeah, no way, because they don't open until 8. <laughs> and you can, they probably bank on that, and they probably get so much money. For example, they got they kept that $10 cash. I left the, mo- the, the remote in the, t- in the room, but I have never seen a hotel, or this isn't even a hotel, a motel, <laughs> pull such a um, shady type of charge. Like, this was... I, I and I, as much as I like to make fun of Disney for their weird parking and the hidden fees and stuff, at least you know that you can check out okay and get whatever you know, make sure everything goes okay. The other thing I noticed with this place, the office is staffed from eight a.m. to ten p.m. There's absolutely no late check-in, so I always check the printout of the confirmation and I read it to him and I said, "You realize we have to check in at before 10. There's no one on property between 10.01 and I'm guessing 7.59 in the morning. <laughs> so um, I understand you can just call 911, but if there's something dire, but if the roof caved in the room or you opened the door and there was a random boa constrictor hanging out in the room or your key didn't work, you yeah. were screwed. Yeah, that that's a that's a tomorrow problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's definitely one of those things. Like, yeah, like, or if you lost your key or anything like that, there's no way to deal with this. So, I guess the big takeaway um, here for everybody is 
And yes, I am putting that place on blast because I feel like that they definitely took my money and it's, I am a little salty about it. Uh, but for those traveling, be sure to read all the fine print. And if they have a weird deposit roll, make sure that they're open all the time. Like, yes, I don't know. I can't. This is the only hotel I found that did this. But there's probably a few others like that because if you have an 8 a.m. flight or a 9 a.m. flight or anything before noon, before noon, they're going to take your money from you. Yeah, there's a new thing. Um, I don't even know if you're aware, James. I saw it in the news here for MCO, so Orlando International, your big airport. They're recommending for all flights you be there at least three hours early. Oh, why is that? They, even domestic. Are they stretching so, out the TSA or something? Yeah. So, and that's something, you know, most people figure, oh, I can be there two hours early. No, for Orlando, they want you there three because it's so congested. But that means I figured out if your flight left before noon and you follow that, get there three hours early, allowing for rush hour traffic from that hotel to the airport, you're, if your flight's before 12, you're not checking out. You can't. So that is a legitimate thing for everybody. Like if you see this with any hotel, because if you decide, Hey, I'm going to go to Orlando and you can't afford to stay on property or, you know, you're just like, you know, I really don't need all that stuff because I'm there to see the parks. I'm not there to see the hotel room. You want to make sure that you will be able to a get into your hotel room and b. If there is a weird deposit, make sure that you can get said deposit back. Right. Because the other thought, flights get delayed all the time. And what if you had a 7 p.m. arrival that delayed three hours? You can't check into your hotel anymore. I mean, I'm just going to just say in general, <laughs> that you just anything that just seems shady like this, you should just avoid. I know that you guys like <laughs> toughen out these places. For me, I'm like, like I, I can't the stuff like that. I can't mess with, especially like after you're a day of traveling, especially across country. You know, mm-hmm. you get in whenever you get in. You deal with all that. Like I, I can't deal with that. And, and I know that you know some of the hotels are more expensive, but. You know, I, I've also used Airbnb a lot in Orlando, and I know not everyone's comfortable doing that. Um, but that I think that's a great price option. You know, where you can pay twenty or thirty bucks a night to get a room in somebody's house. Yeah, because with Disney constantly at like raising the price on everything from bottles of water to admission to parking, you know, it's now not as easy not saying it ever was easy but for a family of four that's middle class or below to go there for a week and adding all this hotel stuff that makes it even way more expensive because food at disney is not cheap yo you know uh but yet we have we have stayed on plenty like at plenty of these little you know 30 40 dollars hotels that we Mm -hmm super like it's just a matter of what deals you're seeing on like kayak or hotels or whatever at the time this was admittedly a more last minute game plan we came up with about a you know a few days beforehand so it was what was going on but unfortunately uh we didn't get that we didn't look at the hotel room beforehand and we didn't realize what the hours were because we had never thought about this 
Yeah, you just got a dud there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I read over everything pretty thoroughly. So when I looked at the paperwork, I caught it all right away. But, you know, I'm not always around when these bookies tough to see. Mm. Well, what is this called? The Red Carpet Inn? Yep. If ever you or anyone needs a list of no-no hotels, feel free to message. Yeah, yeah. Put put a post in Creepy Kingdom and say, hey, I want to... Are like in, in Creepy Kingdom or Citizens of the Creepy Kingdom, if you ever need a good value hotel, we'll give you a list of several good ones, and then we'll give you a list of several ones to avoid. All right. Because, tested, um, yeah, I mean... Tested and proved. <laughs> three, 300, 300 bucks for a week is a lot better for a lot of people than, you know, 800 bucks for a week if that's your budget. No, of course, for sure. Although uh, the pricing at... Um... At the new Universal Hotel, it's looking pretty good. Seventy nine uh, bucks a night if you agree to a seven night stay. And those are suites, I believe, right? Yeah, I mean, and but I mean, for us, that doesn't really work. Yes, we're not staying in Orlando for seven nights. You also, you also don't need a suite either. <laughs> but, but somebody such as yourself, yeah, who could theoretically say, hey, "I'm doing a week in Orlando between you know everything." That's not a bad option for you. No, I'm th- I'm, for my next uh, journey to the land of Orlando, I'm thinking about um, what is it, Endless Summer, the Universal Hotel. Yeah. I, I do love Cabana Bay. I mean, that's obviously on a little bit, you know, the regular hotel rate prices of $100 and up. Um, but I just, I just love that hotel. I think it's awesome. But um, but I, I saw those pricing, and with the a suite – you know, um, that's a, is a big enough space to share with someone else for sure. So 40 bucks a night per person, you know, to, to be on quote unquote on property at universal. Um, I, I think it's, I think it'd be cool. So I'm looking into that as an option. I think that what's nice about doing that is, um, by universal doing this and actually taking a step backwards instead of forward, as far as like, it seems like everything gets more expensive and universal sitting here going, uh, you know what? We're actually going to lower this. It may cause Disney to lower some of their hotels just for the sake of competition. They're probably going to have to, but what, what Universal is doing, they're competing with the hotels that are right next to them um, over there on I, I Drive. Uh, so Disney might not play that game, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> it's really not that far in between, though. You know, like if you're looking at like a resort, you know. But, yeah, we'll see. That'll, that'll come. So, anyway, um. So after I was angry, knowing that I would not get my ten dollars back, and you, you and, should have taken the remote, but all right. Uh, oh, yeah. And then um, with my uh, three and a half hours of sleep, we said, "Okay, let's go over to Universal." And we got over there, and we we parked at seven a.m. Yeah, we were parked <laughs> for, and the park didn't even open until nine. So we said, "Let's get in line." And okay. We we were positioned actually pretty well with the line. So this is and, just to be clear. I don't know if we skimmed over it. This is the second day of the opening of their newest attraction, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, and mm-hmm. the the wait times the the opening day were coming in at ten hours, crazy wait times. So this is the second day. You're like, I'm going to get there two hours before it opens and see how it goes. All right. So because, we're, we're, because it's hard for us to get to Orlando sometimes. So we're like, we're going to do this. And every review that's been out for this ride, which I have not read anything other than 
this is amazing. I haven't read much about what the ride does, but everything that I've read has said this is yeah, it's all the positive. new gold standard. Yeah. Like, it's like, the, the, I haven't read anything negative about this thing. So, um, we're all waiting at the gates of Islands of Adventure. And apparently, according to Brittany, she read online that there was a fight where somebody attacked a cast member because they made an announcement saying um, Hagrid's roar, uh, the Hagrid ride was not going to be opening until later in the day, and they did not know what time it was going to open. So and somebody there, attacked? Were, wow. There was, all right, there were people in line. As I looked on Twitter to see what was going on, because I have found that if you need information quick, fast, in a hurry, someone's going to write a complaint tweet about it. <laughs> true, so, true. Um, I checked, and there were people who posted that after getting turned away yesterday, they got in the line at 7 o'clock last night. Um, the Universal staff came around and said, you're beyond this point. We cannot get you on the ride today. I'm guessing, from what I understand, barring a couple breakdowns and welcome to Florida rain delay, Hagrid's yeah. ran from 9 a.m. to midnight yesterday. Midnight? Wow. In the park, what time was it even stay open? Until 8 o'clock? <laughs> I think it was yeah. 9 or 10. But they cut the line at 7, and they said, if you're beyond this point, we can't accommodate. This is I, just not going to happen. I think I read that they actually closed at 9 yesterday. That's kind right. of standard for Islands of Adventure is 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, it was running for a few hours past. Just to get people through. So... Some people decided that, well, it's the last day of our vacation. We're getting there at 3.30 in the morning. We're going to be the front of this line. We're going to do this. So there were people there at 3.30. We got in, We probably made it across City Walk by 7.15, 7.20. Around 7.30, they came on and they said that they were, um, they were encouraging anyone who was a resort guest to go to Universal Studios for their equivalent of the Extra Magic Hours. And they said that the park will open. However, due to technical delays, Hagrid's would not be opening at park opening and did not have an anticipated time. So it's not like, oh, well, it's going to be 10, 15 minutes late. They did not know. Right. It could have it so, not opened at all <laughs> today. Right. It could have been a very bad case scenario in that. So I was reading online, and apparently somewhere to the left of us, we missed some guy jumping a cast member and getting escorted out by the cops. Darn. I could have, you know, seriously, we could have used some excitement. Um, <laughs> we, apparently, he did not take to this news very well. Um, <laughs> everyone seemed okay, and I, I mean, I understand this is the ride's second day of formal existence. And it's very animatronic heavy, and there are seven launches, from what I understand, on the ride. Wow, seven so, launches. <laughs> seven nice. launches and a ton of ana- – it's, it's all practical effects on the ride. So um, – and even then, I was I was reading that once they once they eventually got it open, that there was uh, some show elements that didn't work. Where the animatronics were not sensing that the train was there, so things were not moving properly. Like they, the show was not good. Okay. And I get that this is its second day in full run. It ran three hours longer than they probably anticipated the day before. 
they probably needed to thoroughly vet the ride, make sure it was fine, make sure there were no unexpected issues. And I'm pretty sure they weren't doing that two, three in the morning uh, after, you know, running all day. Well, they probably, so, oh, my, well, they might be. I mean, they, 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 they should expect that, you know what I mean? For these crazy crowds that they have to do it all overnight, you know? like Right. All. I just figured with the first night, all those mechanics and people were probably on hand just in case something went wrong. Yeah, probably. My guess was they were all told, go home in the morning. First thing, we're going to check everything, test everything, make sure everything's okay. So we got in line. Grant will go in the great, the great Hagrid line adventure, which was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> you want to explain what, where the line well, goes? Well, okay. Wait, before you get there, I just want to know. So you, you're, you're waiting to get in the park. Before it opens at nine, and that is, um, and there's so there was a line outside of the gate, is like when you yeah. guys show yes, up. outside of the gate, and of course this is problematic because as you know there's multiple turnstiles to get in, and at around eight a.m. they actually open the gates up because they're like we need to uh, we can get people starting to queue for the ride, just so this is not congested at park open. Okay, and. Um, of course, this always happens. We always wind up in the line where there's somebody who apparently has never theme parked before. Hmm. So you see every other line moving quickly and you see somebody basically having a full on conversation with the team member up front and, you know, like not sure and it turned out that apparently they hadn't bought their tickets yet and they couldn't understand why they weren't getting in <laughs> so because i was thinking okay what well, look we're actually in prime position for this right now you know like we're um at, there's there's maybe you know 15 entrances to get in like 15 turnstiles and we're maybe 15 20 people back i was thinking okay cool that there's maybe going to be an hour wait for the ride at this point so what they're doing now is they let a group of people in and then they walk them over to the line and then they take another group of people and they walk them over. And this line, it, this was the world's weirdest cue because, okay, naturally you go through Toon Lagoon and they have like all of these barricades set up because you know, they landing. knew... Yeah, Zeus Landing. Yeah, Zeus Landing. And, um, yeah, not Toon Lagoon, I'm sorry. Um, what happened was we then made a right into the queue for um, Poseidon's Fury. And we went through the queue of Poseidon's Fury, and this was so strange. And they stop you at moments because they're basically letting people go around the backside of the show building of Poseidon's Fury, the line goes behind Poseidon's Fury, like into the areas where all the golf carts are and all that stuff. So you go into the regular queue, like you're going on Poseidon's Fury, but before you actually go in, you, they take you to the back of the building? <laughs> and you go around the building. Mm -hmm. Weird. Like this happened on um, test days for Kong. Like we, like we actually went to the side of Kong, um, backstage. like backstage, 
But then, you know, for Universal, this isn't really anything that's new for them because this is how their haunts are all kind of set up. Mm-hmm. Like Disney, they would never have you do that. But here, you know, Universal, that's kind of their MO is like, look, this is what we build in these buildings. So we're waiting in this line. After we get through, we, we go all the way behind um, Poseidon's Fury and we go around the whole thing. And now we're kind of in front of what used to be the Sinbad show. And we're sitting there for about a half an hour. And then a, a team member comes up and says, well, we're not expecting this ride to open up until 11, and you guys are about two hours back now. Wow. So you're like one so, o'clock, like from right there. <laughs> so we, we, we had to abandon ship at this point because she had a doctor appointment at 145 that we were not going to miss. So now, I mean, this was my idea, but I was so mad because not only did I wake us up, after three and a half hours, I lost my $10. <laughs> we went through this crazy line. The benefit was that they actually brought out like Puss in Boots and Kitty Soft Paws, like to entertain people in the line, basically. So we got to meet them. Bottom line, I had a better experience. I met Puss in Boots and Kitty Soft Paws. I didn't sit in the sun for four hours. Apparently, some people passed out in the line today. Wow. It's Florida. If you're not used to the heat, and even if you are, this cannon will happen to you. So it turns out that the ride did not actually open until noon today. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then I guess there were rain delays because it started storming at 1. So um, I checked the weather. When he had this idea, I said, you know, I'm not going to go if I know it's going to storm in the morning. Um, I looked at the weather forecast from 1 to 2 were thunderstorms and from about 4 to 6 were thunderstorms. This queue is outdoors. Not the whole thing, but the extended version is outdoors. Parts of the ride is outdoors. So you know what's going to happen as soon as the rain hits. Everything is going to shut down and you're going to wait in place in a monsoon. Welcome to Florida. Uh. So. <laughs> yeah, where are you going to go? Right, where right. are you going? So I'm not losing my spot in line. <laughs> Oh my God, it sounds happened. miserable. <laughs> yeah, this happens in Florida. I started saying yesterday, in the interest of safety and sanity and health, theme parks in Florida should limit their ride, you know, openings to the months of like October through April, just so you don't have this great June 12th opening in the heat. With ten, like the world's longest queue for a ride, and it's June in Florida where we're hitting rainy season, where we had an afternoon thunderstorm every day. It may be five minutes long, but the ride is shut down, and then they have to cycle the ride to make sure everything is up and running. God forbid there's a power surge while that's going on. That's an even longer delay, and I don't, wow. I just can't understand as a florida native why you would open anything in the summer well that's just because that's when the crowds are coming (laughs) right well open it a little early and do your test run and your hiccups and stuff right and be ready to go by the time the the crowds show up before memorial day weekend and schools start letting out and then you get all the hiccups so ultimately we are going to attempt to go on in about a week and a half we have a day reserved 
And we are going to attempt to do this. And hopefully it's not fruitless again. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you guys will clear the whole day for the next time we're going. Or is that your plan? Well, we can't do the whole day, but we're going to. We'll be there at about noon. We have to be close to Orlando that morning. So we're going to go. It is my understanding today from, again, reading Twitter that they cut the line at a certain point and said, we've hit what we anticipate to be through the end of the day. And there's a giant lizard walking up the wall in my living room. Cool. We have a gecko in our, gecko. on our wall. <laughs> wow. There's a Florida man type stuff right here. <laughs> there he goes up the wall to sell car insurance to our doorbell box. Cool. Okay. Um, carrying on, uh, Sorry, totally distracted because that shouldn't be in my living room. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. I got distracted by that too. Um, so <laughs> you, you understand that this should not be. This is like an eight-inch lizard hiking up the wall. So we're going. Oh, no, we're no, no, oh that okay. Well, what what day are showing up? Yeah. Um, they cut the line around five, and they said at this point we can't. We know we're full through the rest of the night. Um, I saw a few tweets go out about 738 that said, if you are anywhere in Islands of Adventure, drop whatever you are doing, run to Hagrid's. They managed to finish their anticipated queue a little early, and they weren't advertising it, but if you showed up, you got it in, and people were getting on quicker. So that was happening in the evening hours, which gives me some promise that even though we're not going to get there till noon, it could happen. I think it's in our favor. You're also going to have this whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday, next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, plus a whole week in the middle. I think some people are going to get on the ride and be like, that was fun. See you in six months <laughs> or get it out. Yeah. Get it out of the way. But, uh, yeah. What was one thing that was funny was that going through this line where that were we sat in the line for about an hour. There was one guy who was like by himself and he's like, How do I actually get into the theme park? He didn't realize that he was in line for the new ride. He thought he was going to like the do normal islands of adventure stuff. And he <laughs> The park had actually been open now for like a half an hour. He's like, "Why? How can I get into this park?" And it was like, a, "Oh, wow!" Apparently, they didn't make that as clear as possible as to what was going on with this guy. That's funny. Well, he well, he guess he had a ticket, so he got in. But uh, but he thought he was just waiting to get into the park. Still, that, that's yes. weird. <laughs> well, you know, like some parks. Um, Hong Kong Disney did this, Shanghai Disney did this. They let you into Main Street, but then they cut you off from the rest of the park. Magic Kingdom does this. I think you can get into the hub, yeah, and you can start to line up toward Tomorrowland, toward Fantasyland, but they don't let you go further. I think he thought he got in one of those situations. Like, mm. I can go so far, and they're going to stop me until park open, which was essentially what they were doing. Um, I do feel that if Hagrid's was up and running, it was going to start going before nine just for the purpose of they knew what they were going to have ahead of them that day. But well, what I have heard, otherwise. what I have heard is that when it is running, it is a major people eater. So like it basically 
it, it moves people very quickly through the line. Because they have like six or something cars going. Yeah. Six going at once. Wow. Yeah, something, something insane like that. It's, it's a, a long, long ride. It's a long enough ride, and I'm guessing if they have launches, they have points where you're slowed down enough that they can probably stagnate cars in a good way. Wow, we're interested to see how this all works once after you know years later. <laughs> you know, I don't want to know how it works before I write it. <laughs> so, so let me ask you: What do you think is the better way to open up? A ride because now we're seeing a tale of two styles where Disney at Disneyland they didn't allow anybody in there unless you were staying on property, but you got like thirty minute waits for their main new for the new ride, but yet all the reviews I've heard on it were like, well it was okay, but it's going to require several rides before I really figure it out, and after you ride it four or five times, it's great. Or is it better to have these waits where it's a universally acclaimed great ride, but you have 10 hour waits and people are passing out, but they are happy to be waiting in this line. I don't know which way is actually a more a better way to do it. There's gotta be a better way. I mean, this, this Hagrid situation is not an ideal way at all. You know, I mean, if people are willing to wait in long lines, you know, you know, good on them. You know, I would not want to do that. That's for sure. But I can understand, you know, if they're, you know, you're local and it's kind of probably like a, it's a, it's a thing, you know, everyone's hanging out and you're in it for the long haul, whatever. But, um, that's, you know, that's not a way to do it. I mean, I don't know the star Wars thing. You know, that's more for the land. You know, it's not just an attraction, right? So, also, you're, they, they opened up reservations to anybody briefly, and they sold out in, I don't know, two hours or something like that. Yeah. Not even, yeah. Um, um, and that's, and that's, what, that's what, uh, what, uh, what we have, Shannon and I, uh, next week as our reservation. Um, so, and I've been hearing that it's 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 very enjoyable experience to be in this in galaxy's edge during this time um you know the wait times are very low for the one attraction that's open um and you can actually see the ground and stuff you're not like a giant sea of people it may they may have worked i mean the bummer part of this which i believe grant you and i discussed this at a previous show was that you know it's not all open you know we're waiting for the rise of resistance attraction you know, and that's yeah. supposed to be the that's supposed to be the showstopper. As I yeah. said, it's like opening up Pandora with Navi River Journey and not Flight of Passage. It's like, well, the land itself looks cool, and this ride is okay, but the thing that's supposed to like really blow your mind is not ready yet. Yeah, yeah. I do think I do think I know the perfect day to go on Hagrid's. The day Galaxy's Edge opens. August thirty first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a good day to take a field trip to the other side of Orlando because you've got people whose attention are clearly going to be focused elsewhere. That might be a suspiciously empty park. So that's a recommendation I might throw out there. So my my concern more of anything is that there's no crazy lines I have to wait in when I go to Orlando in September. <laughs> so let's hope that uh, now these, now Grant, you did say that they eventually will be implementing some kind of virtual queue system for Hagrid's. Is that? Yeah, it's it's, supposed it, to it be. was supposed to happen today, but it didn't. But um, they announced um, last night 
they put it on like Orlando Centennial, so it made the news. They said, if anyone is trying, please be aware the virtual queue is down. I'm thinking the system, because they use a virtual queue for uh, Jimmy Fallon for Fast and the Furious. I'm thinking too many people trying to access the virtual queue at one time is a little more than it can handle. And it, rather than having the whole thing crash, some people do it, some people not. I think they just took it down uh, uh, until this initial wave. This, how, how do you feed everybody through that? You're not well, being- I, 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 get it. I need you guys to clarify because I, I, I haven't experienced this over there. So but I was under the assumption that you had to go to like a kiosk or something to get a virtual queue. No. You're saying you no, do it's on the app. universal app. Oh, so just yeah. like it's just first come, first serve. Like, how do you, or do you have yes. to be in the park to do it? Um, you must be within the confines of City Walk, from what I understand. You don't have to be at the ride, okay? But you can't do it from home. From what I understand, is that basically as soon as you get through security and get through that, like if you're familiar, for anybody who's familiar with Universal, you have to go through a series of um, like moving sidewalks to get into there. Once you get to, like, where Bubba Gump is, which is, like, the first building, mm-hmm. that's where it's supposed to start reading, like, it knows that you're on the premises. And wow. then, <laughs> which is nice, because um, if they say, hey, look, you have a spot for this ride, and it's in three hours, we could actually hop on over to Universal Studios and check out, like, the Monster Cafe, which has been redone, and the Monster Store, which just opened up. Mm-hmm. I I think the reason they do the um, the virtual queue that far away is, well, there's a movie theater. So if you wound up with the time five, six hours later, maybe you'll spend money on a movie. Maybe or, you'll or have a miniature eat. golf course. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. you'll go to one of the restaurants. So they give you the ability to do the queue far enough away that you can plan out what you want to do. Because not everyone's going to want to hang out in the park, especially if it's crowded. Maybe they're going to want to go the other part. Or get drunk at Jimmy Buffett's restaurant. Right. <laughs> that, that is an option. That is an option. <laughs> or you want to go get chocolate milkshakes and then barf on Hagrid's. That's always an option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that's, that seems like that's a great way for things to work. I mean, I know they had it at Fast and Furious and Jimmy Fallon, but clearly those attractions are not like not super packed so you know right uh so th- this is the only this is the first time they're using it where it actually is probably helpful <laughs> you know? right but i do get why when the wait is 10 hours those thousands of people you know if everyone went into the virtual queue at once the virtual queue would just explode and that would be the end of it it would just kill the system, ruin it for the other park for the day. So until it's manageable, that's probably not going to be a thing. Yeah, when they when they can probably take down the barricades around Toy Story or sorry, around uh Cat in the Hat and around and they don't need to like loop people behind Poseidon's Fury, that's probably when they'll implement that. Yeah, because I think the queue itself is pretty massive. From what I hear, well, yeah. From what I'm gathering, it's the same. It's all like they used a lot of the old dueling dragons queue, which that itself was like a half mile or so. So, well, hopefully, uh, things will be 
tolerable by the time I get there. <laughs> but, but that's just my personal uh, thing there. All right. Well, um, thanks for trying, guys. <laughs> but, We're going to try again. <laughs> well, we will try again. We are we are tenacious. But, yeah, that um, that was the whole adventure right there, which is just like it was a really – insane like 12 hour period pretty much well uh it's par for the course for you guys <laughs> yeah. yeah we've done we we did 24 hours in the magic kingdom once i think we can pretty much handle anything yeah they don't do those anymore huh <laughs> no they don't that was fun i i do i do remember um being just completely loopy by the end of it but until that point, it was fun. I don't remember the last couple hours. Understandable. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're going to wrap this uh, this episode up. Thanks for sharing your tales on three hours of sleep. Your dedication to you know the podcast is unmatched. <laughs> Did we keep it under an hour? No. No, this is over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight. <laughs> oh, well. All righty. If you would like to contact us here at the Doc Theme Park Show, you can do so by emailing us. I don't know what this voice I'm doing is. Email us, creepykingdom at gmail.com. And for show notes, pictures, links to all of our social media, to check out all of our written content, to check out our video content, including Creepy Quest, everything creep, creepy queenwim. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. Everything Creepy Kingdom can be found at creepykingdom.com. Except for the awesome stuff on our Patreon. You can find a link to our Patreon there. But if you'd like to help support what we do here at Creepy Kingdom, you could do so by checking out our Patreon. We have our exclusive podcast, Live from the Dungeon. We have... Foolish Mortals, our documentary about Haunted Mansion fans. Available online there for a limited time. The clock is ticking on that one. <laughs> so jump on it, gang. It's patreon.com slash creepy kingdom. All right, it's time to close the gates. <laughs> <laughs>